Welcome to the Tech and Main Presents Podcast with your host, Sean St. Hill. Sean is the CEO of Tech and Main, a technology consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen in as thought leaders share their tips and insights about what's going on in the world of technology. And now, here's your host, Sean St. Hill. Thank you for joining another episode of Tech and May Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Before we get to today's guest, we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Tech and Maine. Clients and employees are the top priority of any business. Protect the data of your top priority in these three easy steps. Tech and Maine can help you assess your cybersecurity posture, fix any errors, and help maintain your security program according to NIST and CIS standards. For more information, call our office at 678 678- And now to today's guest. Today we will be speaking with Vaughn Hazen. Vaughn is the Chief Information Security Officer for CN Rail, Canada's largest railway. I'll let Vaughn share the rest of his background with us. But first, Vaughn, say hello to the Tech and Main Presents audience. Thanks, Sean, and hello, everyone. Well, Vaughn, thank you again for taking time to be with us here on the Tech and Main Presents audience. And ladies and gentlemen, I will let you in on a little secret. Vaughn, as the CISO for CN Rail, does know the difference between a locomotive and a train. All right. And so with that bit of trivia out of the way, Vaughn, please go ahead and share your background with our audience. Well, Sean, I... I um, went right out of high school into the army, and uh, you know, in the army, I learned some basics of telecommunications. When I came back, I, I went and got my electrical engineering degree, and that prepared me with a technical foundation that I used to get my first job as a telecom engineer. Working there, you know, I was ambitious and decided I wanted to do more, and got an opportunity to manage a telecommunications program. Uh, while I was doing that. I uh, ran into some interesting situations where uh, people were abusing our phone system to get to international long distance, uh, and it forced me to learn a lot about uh, the phone freakers. And you know, started reading 2600 magazine and really trying to figure out what the heck was going on, you know, and, and get to the bottom of how these people were abusing the phone system. And you know, they were using a combination of some weaknesses in the system along with uh, some social engineering, you know, we, we were able to shut that down. Uh, you know, and then from there, I also was involved in, in putting their first internet uh, presence on for that company, figured out some security elements of that. I went on to another organization where I was um, working in the telecommunications program, doing different projects. And, you know, I had a disagreement when we were refreshing the internet uh, services with the corporate information security officer at the time. And she said, you know, hey, I, I think it should be done this way. I said, no, it really should be done that way. Her consultant said, no, no, he's right. And she said, okay, now you're in cybersecurity. So, well, it wasn't cybersecurity <laughs> at that time, but, you know, uh, you're, you're part of that team now. So it, it, that, that started my journey in working in um, security. I built on from that. I became the uh, chief information security officer at uh, Freeport MacMoran, a mining company. Uh, I was there for seven years, and then uh, it's been just over a year I I came to CN, and I've been the CISO there. Okay. Well, Vaughn, thank you for sharing that bit of background with us. I do have a curiosity question, though. So you are former military, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I found 
is a lot of the CISOs and other technology executives that I interview have a military background. And so I'm just curious from your vantage point, how would you say your military background prepared you for a career in technology? Well, you know, I I think that uh, when you look back at the military experience, military leadership training is some of the best leadership training out there. Uh, you don't always necessarily have the best examples. I, I certainly had some some pretty poor leaders because you know you're you're grabbing people that are young people, throwing them in positions of leadership. They do get good training, but uh, you know when when you give uh, somebody a little bit of responsibility and authority, sometimes they abuse that. Uh, but the training itself was absolutely phenomenal. The principles that I learned there, I was able to to leverage elsewhere. You know, it was really, really the the foundation of my leadership uh, experience. Really came from the from the military. Now, the other aspect of that is is you you learn to understand processes. You learn to understand hierarchies. Uh, you learn to understand how to deal with people in lots of different, very stressful uh, situations. And so, I think all of that really puts you in good stead for, uh, especially in the cybersecurity arena. Uh, being able to deal with stress, being able to deal with people from all different levels of the organization, and being able to to get results. Okay. Well, thank you, one, for your service. And then two, thank you for um, tying in your your military background to you know how it prepared you for your career. And so, Vaughn, you're there at CN Rail. And why don't you share with our audience what has you most excited about your daily work? You know, one of the things that uh, drove me to to take on this role is I had seven years building a program out at uh, Freeport MacMoran, and you know it got very mature, pretty fast, but it got very mature, and it wasn't challenging me because, frankly, I had an excellent team and they were kind of running on their own, and I needed some challenge, and so I, I came to 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 get that that opportunity for challenge and. You know, one of the things that I've I've found at CN is we've got some fantastic people, but um, the organization hadn't matured, and so there's there's some opportunities that I had um, here and there, and it and it's interesting because at, at Freeport I basically built the whole organization from scratch. There was literally no dedicated program. You know, there were security controls, obviously, but uh, I was the first CISO there. There wasn't a dedicated program that was focused on it, and so we literally built everything from scratch. Uh, here at CN, you know, there there have been elements of the program here and there, and so you have elements that are very mature, elements that uh, you know have some work and opportunities in them, and so it's it's been interesting to come in, find those opportunities, um, build those out. A lot of those are in terms of building the team, uh, and so I've had a fair amount of hiring uh, that I've been doing here recently. Uh, and, and, you know, that's been an awesome opportunity to get to know lots of different people, to see what kind of skills are out there, uh, to bring people in on the team, uh, to start seeing them mesh together with everybody else who's already there, and to be able to drive forward uh, the initiatives and the objectives that we're driving towards. So all of those things are really kind of exciting me to be at work every day. Okay, great. And so wanted to find out from you, where on the org chart does the CISO role sit at CN? So that's kind of a charged question with a lot of people, you know, in, in, in the cybersecurity arena. A lot of people talk about, hey, uh, 
you know, the CISO should be reporting to the CEO. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're under the, the CIO, then, then your program's going to be garbage because you're always going to be in conflict. You know, I, I think there's a couple of key things that make it successful. And, and, and I will admit, I, I report to the CIO. But I think what makes that a successful relationship is, uh, first of all, the CIO has accountability for cybersecurity. So uh, if, if something went bad, there's, there's accountability not just um, in the chief scapegoat officer, uh, but also with the CIO. Um, the other aspect of that uh, is that even though I report to the CIO, I do have unfettered uh, access and definite interest from the board. And so when you can bring your message directly to the board through the audit committee in our, in our situation, you get to deliver the, the hard messages that, that may be required uh, to be delivered. And so there's not that filter in place to, to prevent those messages from coming if, if that were needed. And, and frankly, you know, I've, I've always had a strong relationship with the CIO and we've never been in conflict. And, and I think that when you see those folks that are in CISO roles that are reporting outside of INT, you're finding that they're really strictly governance. And I, I think that it's important from my perspective as somebody who, who oversees governance, but also oversees the, the technical control delivery, that it gives me a more holistic picture of being able to protect the organization. Um, not strictly governance, not strictly um, technical controls. And I'm also able to work with my peers within the rest of IT that are delivering on uh, making sure the remediations are done. You know, when, we, when we're doing the vulnerability management program uh, and things of that nature, I have direct relationships with my peers. Uh, we have the same boss. And so when, you know, I've got my boss telling my peers, hey, it's important, you need to work with them. And I have the existing relationships. I think it's it's more effective for me to to get the work done. So yeah, you know, I, I understand where some people feel that that's a a key element, and it's a pretty controversial thing. But for me, uh, it's all about relationships and all about uh, having uh, the right access to to senior leadership if you need to to deliver a hard story that uh, is is otherwise being filtered. I love your answer, and thank you for the way. You explained it. I want to highlight the fact, though, that you talked about the people portion of technology, right? I think sometimes we get so focused on, you know, the blinking shiny boxes and, you know, the controls. We forget that there is that human element. And so I'm happy for you that, you know, you do have a great relationship with your CIO but it also sounds like you have a very engaged board where you're able to not only present to them, but I'm sure, you know, get, you know, feedback and get buy-in from them, you know, when, when things are, when, you know, when you talk to them and, you know, should you need things? Yeah. It's good to have um, that unfettered access, but also that, that their attention as well. Yeah. It's all about people process technology, right? Exactly. All right. And so one of the things that, I noticed um, when we connected on LinkedIn, you are, well, throughout this pandemic, um, throughout 2020, you've still been adding people to your cybersecurity team. And honestly, one of the things that I really appreciated 
was um, the humanness and the, dare I say, warmth in which you described the importance of building out your team. And so I just wanted to have you share with our audience, you know, why is it important to build out your cybersecurity team the way you have? It's important that you have people that are capable and focused and people that work well with others getting together and and being able to drive towards those initiatives. So there's always going to be something to do with cybersecurity. It's a journey. It's not a destination. You know, so as we build towards maturity, there's there's always things to do. And I think that one of one of the key things I found is that we we were we were struggling in terms of of um, architecture leadership. That was challenging because frankly the 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 Montreal market is very um, uh, heavy on the consultants or contractors. There's a lot of people that would rather not be full-time employees. They'd rather be contractors or consultants. And, you know, so it makes it difficult for you to bring in somebody that's going to be embedded in the company, um, that's going to have some institutional knowledge, that's going to understand what are the key things and important uh, um, elements for you to protect, and that's going to understand, you know, what the politics are, the culture is, um, how do you get things done, how does everything integrate together, you know, what systems are in place, all of that kind of stuff. And so to do that, you know, that's really a strategic element. And I, to me, absolutely critical that we have employees in those architectural roles. And so we've been pulling people in. The, the beauty of the pandemic is that it has opened us up to bringing people in from all across North America. You know, historically, everybody's had to be in Montreal. This is a corporate headquarters. This is where we do everything. But we've, we've opened up. And it's allowed us to bring people in from all over North America, which is added to the diversity that we have on the team, which is fantastic. You know, so we've got more different ideas coming into play, uh, different ways of thinking. All of that is helping us to to get better results. And it's, um, you know, really allowed us to to bring in some top talent that, you know, we wouldn't have been able to convince into to relocating uh, to Montreal. So to me, I think that's been really, really a, a key element of, of what we've done. And you know, it's, for the first time in my career, I've hired people that I've never actually met in person, and I'm working with them every day. Uh, and it's absolutely fantastic. You know, we, we've got some great relationships that we've been able to build up uh, over video conference that uh, you know we haven't been able to to build up in person. So it's 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 a little bit non traditional. But uh, it's it's been fantastic, and and I still have one key role, so I'll put a plug in if you don't mind. I'm still looking for a senior manager for uh, OT uh, security. So if if I can if I can get somebody for OT security architecture, that's the last uh, the last key leadership role that I'm that I'm trying to hire for. And Vaughn, of course, as you mentioned, that role doesn't have to be specific to Montreal. That could be anywhere in North America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And so, Vaughn, I do want to ask this question. Um, As you've mentioned that the pandemic has allowed you to, you know, kind of expand your tent pegs and, you know, cast a wider net as far as the type of people and the, you know, the number of people that you bring in. How have you been able to keep, you know, kind of that team culture in place, would you say? Well, you know, there's there's a couple of key things. One of them is is just just forcing interaction with with people. You know, it's it's 
it's really all about building those relationships. And when you get people opportunities to work with each other, to talk to each other, and not necessarily in formal settings, but uh, you know, just just opportunities to talk to each other, then then they're getting to know each other. So part of the onboarding is that we we set up uh, people with a buddy, you know, so there's somebody that's that's already here at the organization that knows how it works, um, knows who the people are, who the players are. You know that that person works together with with this new individual that we were just onboarding and helps them through the ropes. That's one element of it. Another one is you know regular team meetings and coaching. So we've got a, a, a weekly team meeting where we get together with all the my direct reports and you know we talk about things that are going on and it gives everybody an opportunity to communicate with each other. We've also got for the architects, you know, for for this architecture team. team sorry. We, we have a um, enterprise security architecture committee that basically brings them all together to where they can talk about things from the perspective of where they're leading. So the network security guy can talk with the OT security guy, can talk with the um, identity and access management guy, and they can say, okay, here are the needs that we have. Um, how do they mesh? You know, here's our use cases. How do they mesh with what your initiatives and what you're driving, the strategy and roadmap that you have? You know, so it all comes together and we can have, you know, one common voice when we come out of there that's basically driving towards, okay, here's our strategy. Here's here's the standards that we want to put in place. Um, you know, here's here's what we're driving towards. So that kind of unity comes from from those discussions. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for sharing that and, and giving us some insights. Um, I think it's a sign of a great leader, especially in the midst of, you know, the global pandemic to be able to, you know, pivot not just in the way you hire, but also in the way you do team building and, and keeping culture alive. So I appreciate you sharing that. All right, Vaughn, let's find out a little bit more about you specifically. And so the first question for Vaughn Hazen, the individual, is name your favorite musician or band. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Danny Elfman. Uh, he's, he's probably not one that you, you hear very commonly, but... Um, you know, back in the '80s, he was uh, he was uh, you know the lead of uh, Oingo Boingo. Probably not something you hear every day either. But uh, he's he's got a number of um, movies that uh, he's done the scores for. You know, he's very prolific, and he's got uh, a unique and interesting uh, sound uh, that that uh, that is kind of something that I tend to recognize. Okay, that that sounds like Danny Elfman's behind that. But uh, yeah, he's absolutely, absolutely uh, very prolific and very, uh, very interesting. Okay, great. And so you said that he's gone on from his Boingo Boingo days to being um, a musical score. Do you know any movies that he's done the score for that we might be familiar with? I think everybody who's seen um, Nightmare Before Christmas will have heard uh, his music. Ah, okay, okay. So that is a Danny Elfman production. Did not know that. There's there's uh, some others from the '80s when he when he got started. Like uh, Weird Science was another one. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I I could name quite a few, but uh, yeah, it's uh, he's he's definitely definitely got uh, an interesting sound. Okay, Weird Science, one of my favorite movies from the '80s. I am a uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a child of the '80s myself. So um, yeah, that whole Pretty in Pink and yeah, those movies of, yeah, like the early to mid-80s. So, um, Vaughn, how about a favorite hobby or pastime? 
one of the things um, that I've always enjoyed was uh, was Halloween, and so you know when my my children were were growing and getting out of the house, and I had more opportunities and time on my hands, I started decorating pretty heavily uh, for Halloween, and I started building uh, more of my own um, props, uh, and I started animating them. Um, you know, leveraging some of my engineering, I love to solve problems, and you know, there's nothing like uh, building your own. Uh, animated props to, to give you opportunities to solve problems. So it's, it's been kind of fascinating, um, you know, made, uh, made things like, uh, you know, a skeleton uh, digging in a pile, you know, as animated, uh, you know, opening crypts and, you know, things like that. So just lights of interesting things to stick out in the yard and, and uh, keep the, uh, the kids entertained as they come by at Halloween. Okay. So, all right. Here's a here's a curiosity question, Vaughn. Did you go full bore and do an animated haunted house at any point? You know, it's it's always been display. We've never invited people into our home or through okay. our garage, but okay. um, you know, it's it's all just been in the yard. But we we try to get it up um, by the end of September and leave it running through uh, October and take it down the weekend after October so that, uh, you know, everybody gets an opportunity to just drive by and see it. And it's been, it's been really fantastic this year because it's, it's brought a lot of the neighbors out. Uh, it's our first year here in Canada. And uh, most of the people here have never seen anything like it. You know, we had a lot of questions about, uh, do you work in the movie industry? Uh, you know, what, <laughs> what's your background, that kind of thing. Um, because, because it's, 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 you know, something so unusual, they've never seen anything like it. So it's, it's been pretty phenomenal. Oh, that's good stuff. And, you know, being from the U.S. and your first year in Canada, you know, finding a way to create community and bring the neighbors out and, you know, have them experience something different. I think that's really cool. All right, Vaughn, how about a favorite vacation spot? I can't tell you a favorite vacation spot, but let me tell you a little bit about uh, my favorite vacation. So I've traveled a lot uh, in my work. Uh, I would consider myself at various times in my career an occupational tourist. And one of the things that I found is that my favorite vacations are where I'm with my family so I can share with them, you know, the new discoveries that I'm making. So, you know, it's, it's fun and interesting to travel, uh, but if you don't have somebody to share it with, you know, discovering new places is, is not that much fun. So, you know, some of my favorite vacations have been uh, when I went with my uh, wife's family to rent a beach house on the uh, barrier islands of the Carolinas, you know, and just spent a week there it was fantastic. I went with my family and we had kind of a family get together in Rome. And then my wife and I and our youngest um, living son went uh, on to, to Spain and Portugal before we headed back. You know, those kinds of things where we're able to spend time with family are the, the best. Oh, that, that sounds like a very fun vacation. And I appreciate you sharing that, Vaughn. All right. So, Vaughn, tell our audience, what is one person that you're following that you find to be innovative? Yeah, I, I, I won't say that there's anybody specifically that I'm following, like I'm, I'm on LinkedIn following. But I like to surround myself with, um, with, with people that are innovative and interesting. And, and one of my friends uh, who I, I, I think is a, a thought leader uh, in, in this arena is um, Malcolm Harkins. He's somebody who um, was long time at Intel, has done some other interesting things since then. But you know, his, his discussions around uh, reducing friction uh, in the environment as you know, part of driving security 
and talking about, um, you know, as CISOs, we're, we're really architecting behavior to try to, to architect safe behavior with, uh, uh, with the organization. So, so those kinds of thought processes and thought leadership that he brings is, is really interesting. And I, I think he's somebody that I quote a lot. Okay, great. Malcolm Harkins. Yeah, I think, interestingly enough, I was in doing some prep for our interview. I think there was a, a podcast that you had done maybe earlier in the year where you had spoken about Malcolm and yeah, some of his thoughts on um, the security industry. So, Yeah, he's a good friend and a really smart guy. It's good to have smart, good friends. <laughs> well, you know, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? All right, so Vaughn, jump with me in the time machine, and we're going to go back to 18-year-old Vaughn Hazen. What are you going to tell your 18-year-old self? I'm going to say, buy Apple, Amazon, and Google. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot, it's, it's not that I don't have any regrets. You know, certainly I've, I've, I've had uh, mistakes that I've made throughout my life that I'd, I'd, I'd love to go back and change. But I think that those opportunities of making mistakes are part of my learning experience. And I wouldn't want to alter that in any way. However, you know, it wouldn't be bad to have bought, uh, you know, Apple, Amazon and Google at the right time. Yeah. And I, I dare say I, I would freak your 18-year-old self out with uh, writing down somewhere in a journal, you know, Airbnb and DoorDash. You know? <laughs> well, don't, I don't know don't, if Airbnb is so good right now. <laughs> again, yeah. another good point, Vaughn. <laughs> you know, but certainly the, the, you know, the morning of the IPO, those would be some additional good things to write down. You know, the yeah, the first few hours of trading as a public stock wouldn't hurt. Vaughn, so I want to find out what teacher at any grade level would you say had the most impact on you? I can tell you it's it's been a long time since I was in school. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna share that with you. But um but but there's still a few uh, a few teachers that I absolutely remember. And one of them that had a, a really long-lasting impact on me, uh, who sadly has passed away, uh, was uh, Mr. Mackey. And he was uh, a social uh, studies uh, teacher that I had in ninth grade. And, you know, a couple of things that, that were really interesting about him is he absolutely took an interest in the students. He really cared about uh, the students and, and their learning he was one of those guys that uh, really opened up your eyes to what was going on in the world, you know, was helping us to, to look up things in the news, you know, really helping us to get a broader view of what was happening in the world and not just focus on our little, um, you know, microcosm of, of high school of where we were uh, at the time. And he also was somebody uh, who, who expected more out of you. And as, as youth, uh, we tend to rise to or or fall to the expectations that are placed on us, and he was one of those that that helped me see um, higher expectations for myself than than I had originally, and and I think uh, that was that was really phenomenal. And I know you said Mr. Mackey passed, but prior to him passing, were you were you ever able to go back and share with him the impact that he made on you? Yeah, I, I he he was definitely somebody that 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 I, I had communicated with after after school, um, you know, and uh, you know he was he was somebody who kept in contact with with students, uh, you know, when I was in in school, he still 
uh, had contacts with people that he had encouraged and had gone into the CIA and had gone into other interesting career paths that uh, you know were available to help communicate and mentor with with some of his students as well. So I, I mean, he just just was a really phenomenal guy. Oh well, that's great. Shout out to Mr. Mackey. So Vaughn, we've we've come to the end of our time together, but this has been so good. And I just really appreciate everything that you've shared with us. But before we let you go, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Well, you know, people could always message me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm relatively active there. That's probably the best way. Uh, it, it's not going to be so easy to connect to me out there, but, uh, but you can certainly message me. Okay, great. And so we'll, of course, put your LinkedIn information in the show notes. And again, Vaughn, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time. It's been a lot of fun. Um, You're a good egg. I just really appreciate the interview. Pleasure was mine, Sean. All right. So with that, Tech and Main Presents audience, thank you as always for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert share their wisdom. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to another episode of Tech and Main Presents. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends, and thanks for being a part of the Tech and Main Presents community.